You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Good morning, friends. Happy Apple MacBook Pro and maybe other things who can really say day. Brian Baird. We've got almost an hour until the event kicks off, but there's plenty to talk about in the lead-up, including my favorite part of any event coverage, a concise but searing review of the breakfast spread. Brian Baird. Good morning. I called today, I desperately need a new laptop day. David Pierce. I didn't want to say anything, but it really is true. David needs a new laptop in a bad way. Brian Barrett. It's starting to get uncomfortable. Brian Barrett. We're here. David Pierce. It's sort of a dreary day in Cupertino, but soon LED strips will light up both our laptops and our lives. David Pierce. OLED strips, even. Brian Barrett. Which is far superior as far as strips are concerned. Expect nothing but the best strips today, folks. Brian Barrett. I'd also like to take this opportunity, while we still have time, to find out if David is a Cubs or Indians fan. Either way, he gets to alienate a huge swath of the Midwest. Brian Barrett. Hashtag Yankees Forever. David Pierce. Oh, good. You've opted to alienate nearly everyone instead. Brian Barrett. I didn't care, really, until last night. I was at LAX waiting for my flight when the game ended, and the whole airport started cheering for the Cubs, which was awesome. So go Cubs? David Pierce. Also, I know we're here to talk about an Apple event, but can we talk quickly about the fact that Twitter is shutting down Vine? Brian Barrett. That one doesn't feel surprising to me at all. Twitter needs to focus, and Vine has been flagging anyway. And with Periscope and Live, why do you need Vine? David Pierce. From Twitter's perspective, sure, yes. It's striking, though, in that there's a whole cottage industry built up there. People have built careers there. Brian Barrett. Make Vine stars great again. Brian Barrett. Yeah, but all the biggest stars went and became bigger stars elsewhere. David Pierce. Did they? I admittedly don't follow the lifestyles of the Vine and Famous all that closely. Brian Barrett. Anyway, this Apple event is small. It's on the campus in Cupertino, intimate in the way these events used to be. I kind of love it. David Pierce. Also, we can keep talking about Vine, but if you don't even follow King Batch, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. David Pierce. That also speaks to the scale of what we're expecting them to announce. Some new MacBook Pros, maybe some spec-bumped iMacs, maybe, uh, Brian Barrett. Did you hear the late-breaking TV rumor? The one about the Universal TV Guide? I'm kind of excited about that one. David Pierce. 
Yes, that would be fun, and it gives Apple TV another thing to justify the price tag. Not to be that guy, but this is something Roku has done for a while and does really well, so it's good to see Apple keeping up. Brian Barrett. Also, Brian, I should admit, everyone in line here is talking about Vine. David Pierce. See? Brian Barrett. I don't think Siri plus Universal Search could be awesome. Roku's voice search is not great? David Pierce. Agree with that? Yes. I don't really use voice search because I feel like my kids get weirded out when I boss the TV around, but that's on me. Brian Barrett. Really though, the star of the show is going to be that OLED magic toolbar, assuming they call it that, which I hope they do, because it tips over just far enough into being very silly. Brian Barrett. We're waiting to go in. David Pierce. I'm really curious about the demo, which apps Apple picks to show off, and the toolbar and what things they can do. David Pierce. Here's the part of that OLED strip that I think is going to have the biggest impact. A Touch ID fingerprint reader that lets you use Apple Pay online. Brian Barrett. Never fill in a payment field again. Brian Barrett. Yeah, agreed. Do you think it'll do login too? David Pierce. I want to be able to hook it up to, like, one password and be able to log into everything. David Pierce. I think it's especially welcome now that the two-factor authentication has become more commonplace. Michael Kalor. Also, hi guys, Michael Kalor. I was just about to say, the dream would be for it to be a universal password. That's something Microsoft and others have been working on too, but people are comfortable with Touch ID and Apple Pay in a way that they're maybe not so much with random laptop OEMs. Brian Barrett. Anyways, yes, I think that's going to be the most important part, more than more Photoshop widgets or whatever. Brian Barrett. No offense to Photoshop or to widgets. Brian Barrett. Though I do wonder what there is to say in response to Microsoft yesterday, which made such a play at the creative people Apple's always had. David Pierce. Hard to imagine there's going to be much. Even if there is an iMac update, it seems more likely to be a spec bump than anything. Brian Barrett. We're going in! David Pierce. Here's a little something about the Surface Studio being a shot across Apple's bow for those interested. Brian Barrett. Just kidding. Only broadcast people are going in. Re-reporters get nothing. Nothing. David Pierce. David, just pretend you have a video camera in your pocket. Brian Barrett. While David seethes with rage, I have a weird prediction. Michael Kalor. What if Apple went all retina with notebooks today? Michael Kalor. No more Air? No more non-retina MacBooks? Michael Kalor. I think it makes sense for Apple to ditch the Air eventually and let the MacBook fill that role, but not sure today's the day. Brian Barrett. Mostly because I don't think the masses are ready for a one-port wonder quite yet. Brian Barrett. It would really only make sense if Apple could get the MacBook down under $1,000, which is really the big reason the Air is still around, so Apple can have a cheap computer. Michael Kalor. Yeah, I think eventually the MacBook will be the entry thing, but the price just isn't there yet. But I do think Apple is all-in on USB-C. David Pierce. I agree that Apple's all-in on USB-C, on Macs at least, but I'd expect the MacBook Pro and Air to at least offer a few of them. Brian Barrett. The Wired Live blog. Come for the banter. Stay for guesstimating how many and what kind of ports we'll see. Brian Barrett. Yeah, 4 is the rumor and feels maybe right? David Pierce. Oh, also, since we're not going to do a separate story on this, I think, can we talk a little bit about the AirPod delay? Brian Barrett. The 4 also feels like a lot, David Pierce. 4 USB-C is a lot of USB-C, yes. Although one of those will be for power, which makes it feel a little more sensical. Brian Barrett. 
I'm mostly tickled that no one seems to particularly care that AirPods are delayed. Although maybe I just am hanging out with the wrong people. Brian Barrett. But also, David, if I recall, nothing about them seemed all that unfinished when you reviewed them. Right? Brian Barrett. In for real this time. David Pierce. That is an intimate setting. Brian Barrett. It feels more like Between Two Ferns than Apple event. Brian Barrett. Okay, so the thing about the AirPods is that I think Apple might actually be using this time to make them sound better. That's the only thing I can think of. They were a finished product before, just not a particularly good one. But I think the idea, plus a bit more time to improve the execution, could be great. David Pierce. That makes sense. Brian Barrett. And as long as you get them out in time for holiday season, it probably doesn't make much difference. Brian Barrett. Citing so far, Craig Federighi, Phil Schiller, Jeff Williams, Eddie Q, Greg Joswiak, and a bunch of really excited reporters. David Pierce. Federighi's hair, on point as always. David Pierce. Brian, is there any chance we hear about iPads today? I feel like probably not, but maybe? David Pierce. Oh gosh, I doubt it. Brian Barrett. Also, fair advance warning, the Wi-Fi in here is not so great. Something something joke about Apple's cloud services. David Pierce. We're listening to Beats 1 while we wait for the event to start, which right now is on Calvin Harris's My Way, which is a great song because you can learn all the words in five seconds because all the words are my way. David Pierce. They've updated all the iPads recently enough that it may not make sense to do it today, especially when they want to focus on the way overdue MacBook bumps. Brian Barrett. Calvin Harris, truly the Frank Sinatra of our time. Brian Barrett. Yeah, that's fair. Though I do think it's worth noting that Apple doesn't usually do events for Macs. They're either footnotes in bigger events, or just get released with a press release. The events tend to only be for the big ones. I think the last one was the MacBook Air. David Pierce. Definitely agree with that, but they also haven't substantively revamped them in... years? Years. And I can see how they'd want to structure an entire event around the OLED strip, both because it's neat and because it's going to be a learned behavior and need developer support. Brian Barrett. Everyone is engaging in the ritual pre-event Facebook Lives before we get started. David Pierce. David, how sad are you that you can't do your ritual pre-event Vine anymore? Brian Barrett. Now we're listening to Ayo by Lady Gaga, which is basically what you'd get if you fused Lady Gaga and Kelly Clarkson into a single human and then forced that person to wear cowboy boots and listen to Carrie Underwood forever. David Pierce. We just got the, we're starting soon, message, which means, I suppose, we might be starting somewhere in the near future. Possibly. David Pierce. Please use this time to grab snacks and use the restroom and worry about your 401k. Brian Barrett. I mean, I'm sure it's fine, but can you ever really save enough? Brian Barrett. I read a thing yesterday where some guy said the next 10 years are going to be bad for our 401ks, so that's not great. David Pierce. But more importantly, lights are down. It's go time. David Pierce. Video first. People think that having a disability is a barrier, but that's not the way I see it. David Pierce. Livestream is active now. Michael Kalor. Microsoft also started yesterday with accessibility, which is good. More accessibility for all. Brian Barrett. A video about accessibility and all the things you can do with an iPhone. I love so much that Apple cares about this stuff enough to talk about it this way. David Pierce. When technology is designed for everyone, it lets everyone do what they love, including me. Love that. David Pierce. And here, Tim Cook. He's a vision in blue, as always. David Pierce. I love to live blog, so I can co-sign that. Brian Barrett. 
welcomes us back to campus and starts with announcing a new accessibility website. We believe that technology should be accessible to everyone, David Pierce. If people have access to our products, they can make the world better. Applause for that, David Pierce. New products coming, but a few updates first, starting with iPhone 7, David Pierce. People are loving the iPhone 7. Some incredible reviews, he says, which is true. It's a killer phone, David Pierce. The iPhone's in a tricky position, though, as sales are slowly declining, through no fault of the device, due to industry pressures. Brian Barrett. Diving into the camera a bit, customers are taking dope pictures, Cook says, and sending it to Apple, which is uh, a weird thing to do, but these pictures look fantastic. David Pierce. But really, like, who would take a picture and be like, yo, Tim Cook, you gotta see this, bro. David Pierce. It's still the most popular consumer device of all time, though, so no big whoop. Brian Barrett. Honestly, if I thought Tim Cook would actually look at it, I would send him some cool iPhone 7 pics. Brian Barrett. What do you think of my fig tree, Tim Cook? Brian Barrett. Memories feature, which pulls together your photos into albums you can go through. It's a neat feature, though I like it better on Google Photos. David Pierce. Now on to iOS 10, the world's most advanced operating system. Which is like saying I'm the most advanced David ever. I am also awesome. David Pierce. David also gets 20% more efficient every year. Brian Barrett. And the necessary Android burn. Everyone's using the latest iOS. Nobody's using Android 7. Which is true, and super duper sad. David Pierce. Intimate setting. Michael Kalor. 60% of customers on iOS 10 right now actually seem a little low for Apple. But yes, still way better than the Android will ever be. Brian Barrett. Portrait mode is out for the iPhone 7 Plus, making your subjects look good and your backgrounds real blurry. And people are sending Apple those pictures too. Why, people? David Pierce. Please send your photos to David instead. Brian Barrett. Also, these photos are a nice reminder that everyone in the world is a better photographer than I am and have more interesting lives than I do. David Pierce. Apple Pay in Japan is live, and people are loving it. David Pierce. They're going to love it even more on their OLED magic toolbar. Let's segue, Tim. Brian Barrett. Photos of photos. Michael Kalor. People are liking the Apple Watch, too. It's the best smartwatch you can buy, according to one review, which is the least impressive feat in history. David Pierce. The tallest piece of baby corn. Brian Barrett. Apple Watch Nike Edition coming tomorrow. David Pierce. Apple Pay in Transit in Japan, Michael Kalor. Which again, if you have tryptophobia, do not look at the Nike Apple Watch, Brian Barrett. And don't Google that under any circumstances, Brian Barrett. We believe the future of TV is apps, Cook says, and now there are 8,000 of them on Apple TV. It's weird, I thought the future of TV was TV, David Pierce. Also, the president of TV is apps, Brian Barrett. Minecraft coming to Apple TV? Okay, that I'm super excited about. Coming by the end of the year, maybe I'll finally be as good at it as a six-year-old. David Pierce. That's great and very smart. Also another reminder of why that was such a good acquisition by Microsoft. Brian Barrett. 1,600 apps from video content providers on the Apple TV, Cook says. That's a crazy number. David Pierce. I think we're ramping up the universal search here. There's tons of content, news and movies and sports and everything else, Cook says. David Pierce. Minecraft is instantly one of the must-have apps wherever you put it. Brian Barrett. Apps. People. Michael Kalor. With 1,600 apps from video providers, you definitely need a more effective way to sort through content. Brian Barrett. 
There's a new category of apps that make everything more social, Cook says, and invites Ryan Troy from Twitter up to talk about it, David Pierce. And worse news for Twitter, Brian Barrett. The future of TV is Twitter, which feels like bad news for TV, David Pierce. I bet Vines would have been fun on Apple TV, Brian Barrett. Minecraft coming to Apple TV, Michael Kalor. We're watching Thursday Night Football, a reminder of how awful that game was, and you see a stream of tweets on the side of the game, David Pierce. This demo involves Aaron Rodgers fumbling the ball into the end zone, which is rapidly turning every Packers fan into an Android devotee. Twitter's NFL deal seemed a little odd at the time, but making itself relevant for streaming boxes is going to be more important for its future, just less so its present, maybe. Brian Barrett. If you see a tweet on the TV that you want to respond to, you can send it to your phone and then quickly respond from there. David Pierce. This is a nice ad for Twitter's live TV plan, and the guise of an Apple TV demo, news, sports, and more. David Pierce. Twitter's Ryan Troy, Michael Kalor. Apps are changing the way we enjoy television, Cook says. And in fact, there are so many apps that you need Universal Search to find stuff, but Universal Search was just the beginning. David Pierce. The case Twitter needs to make, though, is that this is substantively better than just watching the game full screen and checking Twitter on your phone when you feel like it. Brian Barrett. This is when we need really suspenseful string music. David Pierce. Unified TV experience shows up on the slide. One place to access all your shows and movies, one place to discover great new content to watch. David Pierce. The new app is just called TV. Brian Barrett. This would be an amazing time to announce some deals with cable providers, even though I don't think that's going to happen. Brian Barrett. Today we're announcing a new app called TV is a good announcement. David Pierce. It brings the shows and movies from all your apps all into one place. This is sort of a TV guide, sort of an iTunes, sort of a Netflix. David Pierce. One place to watch, Michael Kalor. It also not so subtly redefines TV as not what's live on a cable station, but just things you watch on your television. Brian Barrett. You can see all the shows you're watching across a bunch of different apps, all in an up next menu. This is where you start for whatever you want to watch, and then you swipe down and get a selection of stuff you'll want to watch. David Pierce. Wherever it comes from and whenever it's aired first. Brian Barrett. You can browse by category, look through movies and TV, and everything else. David Pierce. You can get back to the app just by exiting whatever you're watching. David Pierce. You can have a library of stuff, or head to the store to find stuff to watch now. Install apps that plug into the screen, or buy movies, or whatever else. David Pierce. Browse some apps and watch now. Michael Kalor. This will definitely make things more manageable for cord cutters, and you can imagine how killer it'll be if and when cable companies get on board, or the FCC forces them on board. Brian Barrett. Use single sign-on to get into everything. David Pierce. App also works on iPhone and iPad, which is pretty awesome. David Pierce. I also haven't seen Netflix here yet, which was a rumor going in. Brian Barrett. It also reminds me that there's no Amazon Video on Apple TV, and now I'm sad again. Brian Barrett. It's replacing the Videos app. David Pierce. Which is to say, this looks great, but absent Amazon Video and maybe Netflix, it's got some gaping holes at least for now. Brian Barrett. We're using Siri to look stuff up and watching Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is a funnier show than I thought. David Pierce. David has always been skeptical of police-based humor. Brian Barrett. Everything stays in sync across all your devices. It's going to completely change how we watch television. David Pierce. One more category too. Live. We're talking about live. David Pierce. Remember live TV, Brian? David Pierce. Barely. Brian Barrett. Tell Siri, watch CBS News, and you'll go straight to the live feed in the app.
David Pierce. That's pretty good, but there are only so many existing apps with a live feed, most of them news. Brian Barrett. Also works with sports. Time to watch some college football. Watch the Louisville game, open the right app to the right game, right as Louisville goes up by 1,000 points. David Pierce. And Thursday Night Football on Twitter, Brian Barrett. And ESPN and MLB.TV, okay, okay, I relent, Brian Barrett. What other football games are on now, we get other games and scores and some options to watch live, David Pierce. Yeah, there's more live TV out there if you know where to look, but that's always been the problem, David Pierce. Okay, now we're watching Auburn because Tim Cook likes Auburn, David Pierce. Also worth mentioning that a lot of these services require either separate subscriptions or, more likely, a cable subscription to authenticate, Brian Barrett. Like, you can't make most of this happen without paying your cable company still, which is fine. Brian Barrett. But what we're seeing isn't a cord-cutting utopia yet. It's just a nicer way to organize things. Brian Barrett. This app does look really nice, I have to say. And it's a giant improvement over every universal guide I've ever seen. Except it doesn't seem to have Netflix or Amazon. David Pierce. If you're wondering why I haven't been posting a lot of pictures, it's because Jen is basically just channel surfing on stage. Michael Kalor. Which is a very big, except, Brian Barrett. App is coming in December for free. There's really no reason to watch TV anywhere else. David Pierce. Except on Netflix. David Pierce. Now on to Mac. Finally, David gets a new laptop. David Pierce. The Mac is so incredibly important to us, Cook says, is a testament to everything they do at Apple. David Pierce. One might even say it's the return of the Mac. Brian Barrett. Oh no, you summoned Macklemore. Get out, Macklemore. I don't want your fur coat near me. David Pierce. Quick overview of Sierra, with Apple Pay on the web, and Universal Clipboard, and more, and Siri, David Pierce. What's funny is that there's a non-zero chance that Macklemore will close out the event today with a performance. Brian Barrett. Apple Pay on the web will show up again soon in a very exciting OLED strip announcement. Brian Barrett. Mac, Michael Kalor. This week happens to be a huge week in the history of the Mac, Cook says, and in the history of Apple. David Pierce. This is the 25th anniversary of the first notebook, he says, October 25th, 1991, the first power book. David Pierce. The Fleet, Michael Kalor. Yo, the first power book was awesome, and Cook reminds us it defined the modern notebook for its time. David Pierce. I don't know if you guys know this, but Apple really, really loves celebrating anniversaries. David Pierce. Apple's done the first trackpad, the first notebook with Wi-Fi, the first flash storage, and the first with all-day battery life. Apple is good at laptops. David Pierce. And reminder, next year is a big one for the iPhone. Brian Barrett. This is also a lot of setup if all we're getting is a spec bump. David Pierce. I still remember the MacBook's quinceanera. Brian Barrett. Today, Cook says, we're going to do it again. David Pierce. Video time. Starting all the way back in 1991, a journey through Apple laptops. David Pierce. The nostalgia I'm experiencing watching this video is overwhelming. David Pierce. 25 years, Michael Kalor. And we end on a new MacBook Pro with the OLED strip. There it is. David Pierce. The prophecies, they were true. Brian Baird. It looks just like a MacBook, except for that stripe. It is absolutely incredible, Cook says, and then invites Phil Schiller up. David Pierce. You can use it for emoji, so I'm on board. Brian Barrett. It has a whole new design, he says, made of aluminum, it's metal on all sides, it's super extreme, and it's all about the hardware and the software. David Pierce. 
I tried to type that without looking down because the camera is facing me, and it went poorly. David Pierce. It does have a headphone jack and a lot of USB-C ports. Brian Barrett. This is the thinnest and lightest MacBook Pro Apple has ever made. David Pierce. Or at least two on one side. I'm assuming two more on the other. Brian Barrett. Oh, and it comes in space gray. That's sick. Brian Barrett. Love this. Michael Kalor. 13-inch Pro, spec time. Whoa, it's a lot thinner. And it's space gray. David Pierce. Do the kids still say that? Brian Barrett. Boom. Michael Kalor. I wish I needed a new laptop like David does. Brian Barrett. Now for the 15-incher. It's also thinner. 15.5 millimeters, 14% thinner. David Pierce. Also, shaving a half pound off this thing is no mean feat. That's a ton of weight for something already pretty svelte. Brian Baird. The 13-incher, by the way, is 23% smaller and only 3 pounds. 15-inch is 4 pounds. David Pierce. Good lord, this trackpad is enormous. David Pierce. I love it. More room to roam. Brian Barrett. It's twice the size of the last one. David Pierce. I got squirrely fingers. Brian Barrett. New keyboard, too. It uses the same butterfly switches as the 12-inch MacBook, but tweaked slightly. More responsive, and feels like it has even more travel, which is exciting. David Pierce. Now on to the stripe. Where function keys were, now there is a toolbar. But first, an obit for the function keys. David Pierce. The butterfly switch does take a little getting used to, but seems like everyone gets on board with it eventually. Brian Barrett. I wonder if Apple shaved that thickness and weight in part by using the layered battery tech it put in their MacBook. Brian Barrett. Force Touch Trackpad. Michael Kalor. Had function keys for decades, but Schiller makes the point that no one uses them anymore, which is the truth. David Pierce. No reason they wouldn't, and it frees up a lot of room. Brian Barrett. So the toolbar is a retina display, multi-touch, responds to gestures and taps, and makes everything easy to use. David Pierce. It's called Touch Bar. David Pierce. Schiller pauses for a requiem for the function keys, but afforded the headphone jack no such honor. Brian Barrett. Which is my favorite club in San Francisco. David Pierce. Apple's Phil Schiller talks about function keys. Michael Kalor. Oh wow, you can even show individual photos in that tiny little OLED strip. Very cool. Brian Barrett. The touch bar adapts to whatever app you're using. In Safari, you get buttons for your bookmarks. Slide along and tap an icon, and you jump to a website. Just the tools you need for where you are. David Pierce. In Photos, you can straighten a photo with a tap on the bar rather than having to dig through the menu. David Pierce. I'm very curious to see what kind of third-party partners are already on board. Brian Barrett. Quick type suggestions too, so you can autocorrect yourself. Having all this right by the keyboard really does make a lot of sense. David Pierce. All the way on the right side is the Touch ID sensor we knew was coming. David Pierce. The chip's embedded in the laptop, so it's as secure as everything else. Now it's demo time. What up, Craig Frederigi? David Pierce. It's a new chip, the T1, joining the AirPod W1 as new chip breakthroughs just this fall. Brian Barrett. Federighi unveils four of the new pros. He walks up, puts his thumb down on the sensor, and he's logged in. David Pierce. Useful, intuitive, and fun to use, says Schiller. Michael Kalor. When you first open the computer up, the touch bar has system controls, basically the stuff that's already on the function keys, plus a dedicated key for Siri. David Pierce. David, does the space gray look as good in person as it does from here? Brian Barrett. Brian, it looks 100 times better. David Pierce. Ugh. Brian Barrett. You can tuck the controls away on the right side, but still get at them to do things like move a brightness and volume slider. David Pierce. 
We're in mail, looking at Eddie Q angrily emailing Apple employees about stealing his Soylent. David Pierce. Okay, person who uses the mail app, this is your moment. Brian Barrett. When you're writing an email, formatting and autocorrect show up in the touch bar. It'll also guess who you might want to add to a message. David Pierce. Apple's Craig Federighi demos the touch bar. Michael Kalor. It also does the emoji replacement and lets you browse all your emoji. Honestly, if he had just said, this is the new emoji bar, it's always for emoji, I would have collapsed onto the ground with joy. But there's more, too. David Pierce. Yeah, I think best to think of it as emoji plus bar. Brian Barrett. You can use the touch bar to switch between tabs, which feels small, but made the guy behind me make a deeply sensual sound. David Pierce. To each his own, I guess. David Pierce. And there's no learned behavior here either. Really, this is all stuff you're used to from the iPhone already. Brian Barrett. Yeah, this is a really clever way to make the iPhone and Mac feel even more unified as a single system. David Pierce. Lots emoji. Michael Kalor. Swipe between photos on the touch bar, select the ones you want, scrub through a video. David Pierce. I'm impressed at the resolution they're getting in the bar. Brian Barrett. You can make quick edits and trims too in the bar. David Pierce. Yeah, the screen may be small, but it seems to look really good. David Pierce. The magic of OLED. Each individual pixel is powered. You couldn't do this with a backlight. Brian Barrett. What I really want to know is, will people be able to control what they see there? Could my Photoshop shortcuts be different from yours? David Pierce. Wow, I just did a good job of setting Craig up. Now we're talking customization. David Pierce. Mine is just 10 versions of the blur tool. Brian Barrett. In settings, there's Customize Touch Bar so you can see everything available. Drag a button to the bottom of your display, and it magically appears on your bar. It's less like a separate screen and more of an extension. David Pierce. There are a lot of options, and you can futz however you want. David Pierce. Schiller's back on stage to show us multi-user login. When Phil puts his thumb down, it quickly switches to his own account. David Pierce. The question too, I guess, is, why this but not a touchscreen? I think the answer is that this feels way cleaner and more precise and more flexible and easier input, and I guess that answers that. Brian Barrett. Fantastic finger work, Phil, Craig says, for which I assume he will be fired. David Pierce. Customizing the touch bar. Michael Kalor. More touch bar stuff. Calendar events, music playback, formatting in pages and keynote, controlling instruments in GarageBand, even support in Terminal. And developers can put touch bar stuff into their own apps, too. David Pierce. Onto the display, which Schiller says is the best ever, which is a pretty insane thing already. David Pierce. Sounds like no one has yet, which makes sense if Apple was trying to keep this under wraps, but this really will be as useful as developers let it be. Brian Barrett. Every MacBook Pro is the most MacBook Pro we've ever made. David Pierce. Both the most MacBook and the most Pro. Brian Barrett. Apple's Phil Schiller. Michael Kalor. Core i7 in the 15-inch with Radeon Pro graphics. This thing is beastly. David Pierce. Superfast SSD up to 2 terabytes and it's 50% faster. David Pierce. All that extra brightness in the display and all that power and that OLED strip makes me wonder about battery life a little bit. Brian Barrett. Faster everything, thinner everything, required a whole new thermal infrastructure, which makes it cooler and quieter too. David Pierce. Speakers are smaller, but more volume, with twice the dynamic range. David Pierce. Faster everything, thinner everything, new thermal infrastructure are also pretty consistently my New Year's resolutions. Brian Barrett. More than twice as fast as the last one for 3D graphics, 60% better gaming. You get it, right? It's the mostest fastest. 
David Pierce. Intel Inside, Michael Kalor. 13-inch, Core i5 or i7, Intel Iris Graphics, same super-fast SSD, David Pierce. The 15-inch is definitely meant to be the monster MacBook, but the 13-incher probably makes more sense for most people, David Pierce. Four USB-C Thunderbolt 3 ports on both models and one headphone jack, David Pierce. Hi, headphone jack, David Pierce. Yeah, it's one of those moments where you should be an actual pro if you're going 15-inch, Brian Barrett. You can plug your charger into any of the four ports and can be USB, power, Thunderbolt, DisplayPort, HDMI, or VGA. Super duper versatile, but holy lord are you going to buy a lot of adapters. David Pierce. The dongle days are just beginning, friends. David Pierce. So is Apple going to use USB-C on the iPhone next year, or what? Seems like they'd need to use it by this point, right? Brian Barrett. Plug the power cable into any of the four ports. Michael Kalor. Schiller is talking about how great two 5K LG displays are on screen behind the MacBook, so new Cinema display, I'm guessing. David Pierce. Susan Prescott coming up to show us some pro-level MacBook using. David Pierce. Video editors, perk up. Brian Barrett. New version of Final Cut Pro, Prescott says, that's made for this new MacBook Pro. David Pierce. Sweet 5K display from LG, which also charges the MacBook Pro. Michael Kalor. Serious question. Brian, does anyone use FCP? Like, anyone? David Pierce. Not as many as used to. Brian Barrett. You can scrub on the timeline with the touch bar, which is actually really nice. I hope other apps that people use get this too. David Pierce. But maybe after this presentation... Brian Barrett. What I'm saying is this could turn things around for FCP. No pressure. Brian Barrett. Apple's Susan Prescott demos Final Cut Pro on the new MacBook Pro. She's a pro. Michael Kalor. I just like imbuing pro-grade software demos with stakes. Brian Barrett. How can I use the emoji touch bar in FCP? Brian Barrett. It's really smart to talk about pros, though, because that's ultimately who these are for. You and I will buy one, Brian, but most people can do with less, like iPad or iPhone level less. But people who need this will want this. David Pierce. That's all I really want to know. Brian Barrett. Also, those are the people who are going to be willing to do the work to make the touch bar do exactly what they want. David Pierce. Oh, agree. Just like dev conferences, really should talk to developers. Brian Barrett. The defaults are going to be interesting, because it's a big guess about what people want at any given time. David Pierce. But for the rest of us, I would like a touch bar that always keeps me one tap away from Season 1, Episode 2 of Sports Night. Brian Barrett. Although, I wonder how many pros don't really understand and use keyboard shortcuts. David Pierce. Or even right-click, which is a lot of what the touch bar does. Brian Barrett. Anyway... That demo looked great, even if FCP doesn't. Now we're on to Photoshop. David Pierce. David, I just had a realization. Brian Barrett. Touch. Bar. GIFs. Brian Barrett. Brady Evans up to talk Photoshop and Touch Bar. This new MacBook Pro and Photoshop are made for each other. David Pierce. Oh my god, Brian. Whoa. David Pierce. Right? Brian Barrett. Put me on that stage. Brian Barrett. Someone at Giphy just wet themselves with excitement. David Pierce. Also, sorry, back to the real presentation. Photoshop was a 100% necessary partner on this. Good that they're on board. Brian Barrett. More demo. Michael Kalor. Or at least it's maybe the most clear-cut use case. Brian Barrett. 
Anyway, we're looking at some basic tools you can access through the touch bar. David Pierce. One hand on the touch bar, another on the trackpad. It seems sort of awkward, but it works. David Pierce. Adobe's Brady Evans demos Photoshop. Michael Kalor. It's going to be a new workflow, sort of, but seems pretty quick to pick up on. Brian Barrett. There's a mode in the touch bar just for adjusting the size and hardness of your brush. I'm not convinced this is that much faster, though it's certainly easier to find. David Pierce. It almost feels like you're playing a musical instrument, Brady says. David Pierce. I guess it makes sense that she's good at Photoshop, but she's good at Photoshop. David Pierce. Honestly, in some ways, this is going to be maybe better for amateurs? People who use Photoshop at this level know how to get where they're going, and tweaking those processes is a big ask. Brian Barrett. You get a visual history of your edits in the touch bar, which you can scroll through to see where you screwed everything up. That's pretty awesome. David Pierce. Update coming before the end of the year. David Pierce. The trackpad touch bar combination is new, Schiller says. He's back, hi Phil. And he's excited to see what everyone does with it. David Pierce. Ah yes, DJ time. Brian Barrett. The touch bar also stores the undo history in Photoshop. Michael Kalor. The CEO of Algorithm is here to show off fun touch bar music controls. Brian Barrett. We're making loops and applying filters all at the same time because he has double access like that. David Pierce. This seems like it's basically a multi-touch setup, but not a touchscreen. It's a really interesting idea. David Pierce. Big up selector. Michael Kalor. Now we're performing entirely with a touch bar. He's spinning, filtering, doing other DJ things I can't name, all on that tiny strip. David Pierce. I don't know the first thing about DJing, but this seems like a place where touch bar can really shine, especially as you customize filters and effects. Brian Barrett. What's wild, though, is that the options on the bar are changing constantly, to the point where I wonder if people are going to get really confused about what they'll see and when. David Pierce. Especially while developers are still getting on board and figuring out the right feature sets. Brian Barrett. This is a really good demo, I think. I don't really know what's going on, but it sounds great. David Pierce. Yeah, the learning curve for devs is going to be fascinating here. David Pierce. Two touch bars and a microphone. Michael Kalor. Schiller's back, I'm guessing, to reveal it was his finger work doing the DJing all along. David Pierce. DJ finger work. David Pierce. Banned from performing in 37 states. Brian Barrett. This whole thing feels like someone at Apple really wanted to do away with the physical keyboard altogether and just do an on-screen one. And then someone else was like, hey, Joni, that's called an iPad, and so now here we actually are. David Pierce. Oh, nice. Office will have touch bar support. Brian Barrett. Between Office, touch bar, and Minecraft, Apple TV, it's a pretty big day for Microsoft here. Brian Barrett. Lots of pro-level apps already supporting it, actually. They got the big ones already on board, it seems. David Pierce. Okay, video time. Joni Ive whispering sexy specs into our collective eardrums. David Pierce. Phil Schiller back on stage. Michael Kalor. I like to think Joni Ive is actually speaking this live from behind the screen, fully nude, speaking lovingly to a MacBook Pro he's holding. David Pierce. David has a vivid imagination that conjures up a fully new Joni Ive a surprisingly disproportionate amount of the time. Brian Barrett. Also, Brian, how surprised would you be to find out Christopher Nolan directs Apple videos? David Pierce. True story. Every first draft of every Wired story I write involves a fully new Joni Ive. I can't explain why. It just happens. David Pierce. 
It depends on if it turns out the Space Gray MacBook Pro only exists on another timeline. Brian Barrett. Do you think they've recorded Ives saying every word in the dictionary so he can voice all their videos for like two billion more years? David Pierce. Okay, back to Mac. Sorry. Comes with Sierra, obviously. David Pierce. Honestly, all they need are chamfered and aluminum, and they're set. Brian Barrett. Up to 10 hours of battery on both models, which is awesome. David Pierce. The comparison shot between the 1991 PowerBook and the new MacBook Pro is pretty fantastic. David Pierce. In fairness, I have also come a long way since 1991. Brian Barrett. It's easy to lose sight of how fast tech moves, tracking it every single day, but good lord does it move fast. David Pierce. The new MacBook Pro is 6.8 million times faster than the first PowerBook. David Pierce. MacBook Pros. Michael Kalor. Super cute. Michael Kalor. The MacBook Pro is thinner than the air. David Pierce. Although in fairness, the air tapers off, so not all the way. Sorry, sorry. Still very cool. Brian Barrett. And smaller. Goodness, this thing is little. David Pierce. This sounds a lot like they're killing the MacBook Air, or else just burning it horribly for no reason. David Pierce. There's a new third model of the Pro, instead, with fewer ports and no touch bar. David Pierce. I bet this is the last MacBook Air model, and next year it's all MacBook. Brian Garrett. It starts with an i5, 8GB of memory, 256GB SSD, two Thunderbolt ports. The Air is dead. David Pierce. Welp, I lost that bet pretty quick, huh? Brian Barrett. $1,499 for the cheap one, $1,799 for the middle, $2,399 for the big one. David Pierce. Okay, double or nothing, that chiller will lead the audience in a round of Freebird before the day is over. Brian Barrett. That is a lot of money. They're all on sale today, shipping soon, and or today. David Pierce. Now we're bringing in the 12-inch MacBook, which I think might be about to get a price cut. Or maybe I'm dreaming. David Pierce. Oof, yeah, and those are for the entry models. You can spend a whole lot more if you want to. Brian Barrett. Nope, still $1,299. Does that mean the cheapest Apple laptop is now $1,300? That's insane. David Pierce. Cook is back. We're so excited we made an ad. Surprise! David Pierce. That's what I do when I'm excited, in fairness. Brian Barrett. This is all about the evolution of the keyboard from the typewriter on up. Now we're touch barring like a boss. David Pierce. Here's a better ad for touch bar. Brian Barrett. You know what I think? I think the iPad Pro is now Apple's cheap laptop. David Pierce. Or at least Apple thinks of it that way. David Pierce. Okay, Cook is wrapping up. Thinking Apple people. David Pierce. Fair, although once you pick up that $170 keyboard, it still ain't cheap. Brian Barrett. The lineup. Michael Kalor. There's a nice hands-on area. We're going to go play with some gadgets and maybe steal one or 12. David Pierce. Brian, this was fun. David Pierce. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Brian Barrett. David, they're so thin and light, I bet you could steal 15. Brian Barrett. Happy Friday. I'm Mike from Spoken Lair, and my job is to make your listening experience even better. Please send your feedback to mike at spokenedition.com. Thanks so much. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. 
Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.